0: Hello, everyone. Bob Main here with another episode of the Handgun World Podcast, episode 618 on January 29th, 2023. I am just an everyday guy talking about Second Amendment, handguns, and a few other things once in a while. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, this week I have another good interview for you. I would like to mention that Matt Krawczyk joined me again to talk about how to practice and train with less than 50 rounds of ammo, or about 50 rounds of ammo. Pretty interesting topic. Now, last week... I mentioned in my show and on Facebook that um, I I was kind of wondering about the effectiveness of this podcast, and I was thinking about, you know, is it time to bring this show to an end after 13 years and 618 episodes? Thank you for the overwhelming positive feedback. My goodness. Oh, tons of positive feedback that I have received. I guess I, I'm much more leaning closer to continuing to do this show. Um, and I just, I'm humbled. I have almost 6 million downloads now over the last 13 years, and I still get people emailing me saying, Bob, don't quit. We, we still enjoy your show. You know, I'm blessed by God to be able to do this, folks. This is, you know, I mean, I have the ability to communicate. I understand that. This is beyond that. This is just a real blessing to be able to talk to you and keep this show effectively. We'll see what happens. I'll make it an official announcement in two weeks, but it looks like I'm probably going to keep it going. And like I said, when I the, the next show is going to be two weeks from today, by the way. It's going to be um, coming out on, I think that's the 12th of February. Whatever two weeks from today is. Yeah, I believe it is. Because I'll be off next week. I've got something that I have to do. And so I'll be back with you in a couple of weeks for another uh, real good show. I have a topic in mind. I got some voicemails, actually. In two weeks, I'm going to be talking about some listener voicemails because I've got three or four of them that are just waiting right now. So let me get to the interview right now with Matt Krawczyk of Mitten State Firearms up in Michigan on how to practice with 50 rounds of ammo. Well, folks, back again. Matt Krawczyk from Mitten State Firearms. Matt, welcome back.
1: Hey, Bob, thanks again for having me. It's always a pleasure.
0: Well, you're absolutely welcome. The last time we talked, uh, we kind of, at the end, were mentioning how to practice with a limited amount of ammo, and I thought this was a good topic because even though the, the ammo prices have come down lately, it's it's still expensive to go out there and shoot. I, I shot competition this morning, and I shot about 120 rounds, uh, and, you know, if you do that every couple weeks the cost adds
1: up doesn't it it sure does yeah but like you said it's coming down a little bit and you know people aren't charging a hundred dollars for 100 rounds of nine millimeter anymore and i guess we can all be happy about that
0: we can we can so i want to give the listeners and i think you got some good ideas let's say you go to the range and and all you got is like a box of ammo, maybe two boxes at the most 50 rounds a nine millimeter how do you encourage people to practice with a small amount
1: of ammo like that, well, there's quite a few different options when you have a small amount of ammo. Um, one of the things that I like to touch on is that when we go to the range, we don't only only have to train shooting. Yeah, obviously, that's a big part of it, and you're most of the time you're paying for your half hour, your hour at the range, so you want to get the most of it. But I think a step that a lot of us forget about we get excited to go there and we get excited to shoot and We load our magazines, and 50 rounds goes by in about 15 minutes, and then you wonder what happened. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, when I get to the round, or excuse me, when I get to the range, one thing I, I like to do is, and this, you know, it can be different at your range. I don't know if people are allowed to do holster work. Um, with the resources I have, I'm pretty lucky to do just about any kind of drill that I want at the two ranges that I frequent. Yeah. But these both can be done at a range that you can just either stand there or one that you can move around. So the first thing I'm going to do, and if you can't do holster work at your range, you can still start with your gun at a low ready. And what we're going to do is just load one round into the magazine. And you're going to either put it in your holster, go to a low ready, and just whenever you're ready, you come up. And put one round on target that's a cold start i call it mm-hmm. so i think that really shows us how our fundamentals are how our dry fire training at home goes because if you're coming from a cold start you put run, one round on target that's going to show you uh you know without practicing without warming up where your accuracy and your speed and everything is you sure will and uh that's a great indicator on like I said, how your fundamentals go when you're not at the range, if you do dry fire training or, or how they, you know, how your muscle memory is from the last time you went to the range. And after I I put that one round on target, I'll take my magazine right out of my gun and I'll come out of my holster five to 10 different times without any ammo in the gun and just Mm -hmm. put the gun back on target, looking at the hole that I made from my first round and not the target as a whole. And then what uh, you can okay. do after that is you're going to go ahead and aim at the hole that you made in the target rather than the target as a whole. Yeah. And so that that does a couple things. Obviously, we've all heard the term aim small, miss small.
0: Yes. And,
1: you know, defensive shooting, you and I have touched on that, is a little bit different than marksmanship, but the, the smaller the target that you aim at, the more accurate you become in a marksmanship or defensive shooting situation. So, one of the things that's really important is not loading all your magazines before you go. If you're going to take a Glock 19, don't load your three magazines with 15 rounds. That's going to eat up a box of 50 pretty yeah. quick.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. It will.
1: So, we're just going to leave the ammo out of the magazines. We're going to take, you can even just take one magazine with you, um, unless you're going to do some reload stuff. But a lot of the people in a normal range setting can't really do reloading stuff. You can't drop your mags out there. Um, so, we're just going to go based off of, slow reloading and shooting so what we're going to do is you're going to take that after you've done your dry fire or your bring the gun back out on the target i like to put two rounds in my magazine and just slow fire at the hole we made see how accurate we can be at 12 to 15 feet just aiming at the hole that we use for our cold start
0: the hole, and then, when you say the hole, you're talking about <clears throat> the 9mm hole from your first shot. Yep. The first shot Absolutely. you made. Yeah, and that's good. So you're trying to put all the rest of the shots inside that same hole if you can.
1: Exactly. And that causes us, There, there is argument that that causes yourself uh, self-inflicted tunnel vision. But shooting in a regular range setting, they say that's going to happen anyway. Yeah. Um, unless you're out in a, a field or, you know, you got an IDPA type setup you're going to have just a limited range anyway so focusing on just the hole that your nine millimeter just made isn't really going to hurt you any in this situation but what Mm -hmm. we're looking for is to try to put our next two rounds as close to that first hole that we made Um, it's easy to look at our whole silhouette target or whatever we're bringing to the range and just shoot at that whole body
0: i want to i want to put something in here that might be funny to some so so matt's talking about you know shooting at the hole that that you're you just made that your that your bullet just made for those of you uh listening shooting 45 uh, you're going to have a bigger target to shoot at
1: Right, especially if you're using a wad cutter or something. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to probably – that's probably going to take half your target off if you're using 8 by 11, <laughs> or
0: that's what the
1: 45 shooters think I
0: – Yeah, sorry to sorry to interrupt you. Okay, so so then right. the next two shots, you're shooting at the same hole. Yep. Okay. And we're going
1: to – we start off at about 12 to 15 feet. Um, you know, most of your defensive shooting situations happen between 9 and 16. Yeah. So if you're shooting for defensive – reasons that's where you kind of want to live at you want to stay between 9 and 15 but don't be afraid to go further obviously we do the 21 foot stuff but don't be afraid to go out to 25 30 yards um, obviously the the more accurate you are further away the more accurate you are going to be when you're close generally that's but, true yes yep so it's one of the the best things you can do is just focus on two or three rounds in your magazines Mm-hmm. and uh you know we want to go if you can do holster work great come out of your holster put two rounds on target go back down bring it up see where you're at and then you're going to want to go out a little bit further but what i like to do is bring a target that's got we do you know the dot torture targets or yes. targets that have the silhouette on it, and then they have a square in each corner yeah we don't want to spend our whole time at the range punching holes in the middle of a silhouette yeah is that effective in real life absolutely but we want to get our eyes to start focusing on different parts of the target and being able to have a friend or yourself obviously it's better with a friend because if you call them out yourself you already know where it's going to go but have your friend or yourself call out where your next two shots are going to go make them different from where your first shots are going to go so that gets your eyes moving it gets your gun following your eyes and it lets you uh kind of manipulate your target and your firearm where you want to put different rounds in different places. Well, that's a great point, Matt, and that's a good
0: technique because I want to add something to that. When you're shooting at different areas on the target, it's, it's more similar to real life because your target is likely to be moving, not standing still. Yeah, absolutely. The bad guy um, I'm talking about, the bad yeah, guy, no. is most likely going to be moving. I doubt that the bad guy is going to stand there for too long and let you shoot at him.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. That's unrealistic to think. Cause he's either going to be pursuing you or trying to get back off of, uh, off the line that you've shot at. Mm-hmm. So we want to get, we want to also train our eyes to follow or find different areas of the target rather than just shooting straight yep. at 21 feet at the same spot of a target every time. And, uh, we, if you have a place that you can engage multiple targets, that's obviously ideal. Oh, yeah. But a lot of people only have a range where you can just shoot straight down a lane, and that's fine, too. And that kind of helps with that, with having a target with different spots um, to shoot at. You can kind of move your eyes around as you would if you had multiple targets. But a lot of us are restricted to where we can shoot. We don't have those options. So now you're up to about three rounds, maybe four. Yep. So. Okay. So then after after we're going to, you know, say we have our four squares in the corner of our targets, we're going to try to cover all four of those squares, but with just two rounds. So we're going to bring the gun either from a holster or from a low ready up, put two rounds in, and then come back down. We're going to do that until we cover all four squares at our 12 or 15 feet or wherever we're going to start out. And then we're going to push the target out a little bit further and do that same thing. But after we put our first two rounds on target... I would try to go back to the first hole that we made. So we push it out a little bit further, get back into the first hole we made, and then I'm gonna go back into an empty gun and bringing up and presenting my gun on the target again to acquire my sights from further. And then at this time, after I've done that five or six times, I'm gonna start um, with an empty firearm still, putting it down range and getting a feel for the trigger. Prepping my trigger, really feeling the break, really feeling the reset, because like I said, we're not only training to shoot, we're training our fundamentals. We want to get make sure our stance is good, make sure our draw cycle is good, make sure our trigger prep is good, our reset, how we get back on the trigger. Obviously, you have to rack the slide again if you're going to break your trigger again. Yes. But we want to train all of our fundamentals at the range and not just putting rounds in the middle of a target. And doing so, you still are at the range doing constructive stuff without burning through tons of ammo. Well,
0: and this is really good because, again, sometimes people can't afford to go take a whole bunch of ammo to the range. And for all my listeners who happen to be Patreon supporters, and if you're not, uh, please help support the show, I put a drill on there called the Step Up Drill. And it's kind of a version of other people's drills, but you're almost describing it right now. I... I start with putting one shot uh, on target, and then I go back to the holster. Then I draw again, and I put two shots on target and back to the holster. And I keep stepping it up, which is why I call it that, all the way up to five shots. And that also conserves ammo, but not as good as what you're describing. Keep going. I I like what you're describing.
1: Right. So even, even when I go, most of the time when I go to the range, I have somebody with me. I take a shot timer with me. We run drills that way.
0: Oh, good. You're Um, using a timer.
1: Good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So that's always good, too, because you can take turns working on each other, which is going to extend your time at the range. Obviously, um, a lot of the people pay for a half hour, an hour at the range. I'm a member to two different clubs, so I'm there. I can be there for six hours if I want to.
0: That's great.
1: But (laughs) having a shot timer is a really great tool. Yeah, um, And there is apps on your phone, but I have the physical shot timer. So you can do uh, where you're going to draw, put one shot on target, see what your time is, and then try to beat that again. There's a multitude of ways that you can train with low amounts of ammo, but you do have to have some accessories. And it's really great to find yourself a reliable partner to go out there and do it because you can, they can pick up on things if they know enough, what you could be doing wrong or you to them. And they can versa.
0: they can be the timer person.
1: Yep, they can be the shot timer person. And something that I like to do when we're outside in the range is we have a shooter ready with a loaded firearm. Obviously, both of us are pointed in a safe direction. And I like to simulate having a normal conversation. Now, we use electronic ear pro, so we can have a regular conversation. Then when the shot timer goes off, we know that it's time to roll. So we'll be outside and we'll have our ear ear pro on having a normal conversation. We know which one of us is going to be the shooter. And then we hit the random shot timer having a regular conversation. They gotta go from the conversation to putting rounds on target. Uh, That's kind of a good, a good simulation practice. for if you're in a a coffee shop or wherever you might be in public where stuff might hit the fan and you gotta react quickly. So yeah. it gets your brain yeah. kind of used to the fact that you're having a regular conversation, then all of a sudden right now it's go time.
0: And that's very important. Yeah, I like that, Matt. That's very important because that's more real life.
1: Yeah, we want to train how we're going to fight. So, doing the most realistic situations that we can at any kind of range is definitely going to be more beneficial than just putting holes in a piece of paper.
0: And, like I said, turning money into
1: noise. Yep. And, like you mentioned, too, it's. It's not a it's not a small amount of money. It's not cents on the dollar anymore. We're talking 30 to 40 cents around even for just 9mm, unless you can get lucky and find it a little bit cheaper than that.
0: Yeah, I like what you're talking about. So you're talking about actually practicing techniques and even if you are only at a public square range, is what I like to call them, and you're kind of limited and normally those ranges don't allow you to draw from the holster, but you can still put thinking into this. Absolutely. And I don't know and of any look, range that I, I'm sorry, I don't know of any range that would not allow a shot timer.
1: No nope, the only the only issue I can say with well my specific shot timer, and this is kind of off topic is in an indoor range. Yeah. it picks up more shots than one.
0: Well, that's because true.
1: of the echo off the wall. Yeah,
0: that's true. Um, that's but
1: you true. still get your accurate your, your accurate uh, draw, and then the one range I go to that's indoors is just one giant room. And it doesn't echo as bad, so we can still get our splits they are accurate and everything. So the splits are the time in between the shots for people who aren't familiar with that term. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, but like you said, in a square public range, there's a multitude of ways you can train. Bring different kinds of targets. You know, you can have the dot torture types of targets, mm-hmm. the IDPA style targets, which, you know, the silhouette with the, the three different scoring zones on it. Um, you can bring the ones with six to eight different um regular 10 ring targets and you just want to get your eyes moving around that's you want to get your eyes moving around you know get your stance moving around yeah um just get your fundamentals don't only train shooting at the target train your fundamentals too because when you build those neural pathways that's going to be time when when it has to happen your body's going to know what to do even though your mind can't make it do that yeah let me get your opinion on
0: something i'm also a big fan of shooting at targets that are different colors
1: yep so that's one of the trainings that i have done before and i thought it was and i personally hated it because of how hard it was yeah but it, it's the best training that i've done so you have a target with um five to six different shapes on it and each shape is a different color and each shape is a different color and also has a different number in it So you're standing there and your instructor either yells a color, a shape, or a number. And
0: -hmm. then you
1: have to find what that is and put your two rounds into that. And that can be done from a holster, that can be done from low ready, or that can just be done with your your gun out at full draw and um, somebody just calling out the number six and -hmm. then the color yellow and then square. And that gets your mind thinking and then your eyes moving. And so far, we
0: still, based on what you described, we haven't used too much ammo yet. Maybe a magazine's worth of
1: ammo. Right. And that's what we do. We try to, um, it's very rare, I put more than six rounds in a magazine. And usually the only time I'm going to do that is when I'm going to come out of a holster, put two rounds on target, reholster. Come out of the holster, put two rounds on target, reholster. And the same thing until I get to those six rounds. And the reason why I do it that way is because a lot of the classes that I train, we have a lot of people with smaller capacity guns, Glock 43s, 42s. There's only six rounds. Yeah. So I do everybody's gun to the maximum of my smallest magazine capacity so that everybody can do the same drill and we don't have people left shooting after others are done. It can be a safety issue, but also it just keeps everybody on the same page. Yeah. You can do that same thing at the range. You know, and
0: sometimes I think when you go to a public range, you know, they have all these selections of targets. They'll ask you which target you want. Sometimes they may have a target that has different colors on it and different shapes occasionally.
1: Yep, and you can also, uh, for pretty cheap, take a piece of computer paper mm-hmm. and a pack of markers and make your own 8 by 11 targets with four <laughs> different shapes on them that there are all you different go. colors.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go. You can you can modify the targets once you get
1: it. Absolutely. And uh one of the greatest things to shoot at is an eight by eleven piece of paper because even if you can hit that in a defensive situation, um, you're gonna definitely be center of mass on a normal size human. And uh computer papers is quite a bit cheaper than buying targets off of whatever site you're gonna get. So yeah. you can buy five hundred pieces of it for six bucks.
0: Yes, it is. Uh give me your thoughts on this. One of the techniques I try to teach people is also shooting at the three by five index cards
1: yeah i think that's a great one because so you all you see the drills all the time online where you gotta take your you know come from a holster put two rounds in the size of an index card uh drop your magazine reload a magazine and put five more rounds on the rest of the silhouette Mm -hmm. but that the three by five um card it's kind of the same idea as just shooting at your first hole that you've made off your cold start. You're focusing on a much smaller area, yeah. which inherently is going to make you a more accurate shooter if you keep practicing that.
0: Yeah, another good target that I have learned to use would be the real small little paper plates.
1: Yep, that's the, another good one.
0: The little 6-inch or 8-inch paper plates.
1: Yep, and outdoors it's cool to use the 6-inch or 8-inch steel plate because it's reactive and everybody likes shooting steel a lot better than they do paper plates but not all ranges offer that no not everybody has a couple hundred dollars to throw on a couple six inch steel plates to keep in their range bag no but you can buy the little paper plates and you can actually put
0: different colors on those paper plates as well and you can staple them to the target in different areas which gets your eyes moving and everything like that
1: yep And that's a great, that's a great thing to talk about too, because a lot of the times people get the general public, I think gets their, most of their training tips from YouTubers and a lot of those YouTubers make a lot of money um, representing products or just being able to buy the best of the best. And then people think that they have to go out and do that, too, and you could be spending money on ammo, but instead you spent $85 on these targets because Johnny YouTube was using them.
0: So paper
1: plates, index cards, computer paper, Mm -hmm. just think outside the box and use stuff that keeps your eyes moving around on the target, gives you different things to look at, gives you different things to shoot at. It's more Mm -hmm. fun. And it just trains you to to keep your eyes moving around, like you said. There's not going to be anybody just standing there while you're shooting at them. If the time comes, you want to mm-hmm. be able to transition from different areas of the target or from target to target.
0: Let me ask you: Do you notice something else when shooting at different colors? And and again, we're not burning up much ammo. We're only maybe putting you know two to three rounds into each one. I've noticed when shooting colors, your sight picture it changes. Every time you switch a color.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing with the shapes, too, because you're going to have your front sight post is going to cover up different um, amounts of area, whether it's a circle, a square, rectangle, triangle, whatever. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of the same with colors. Obviously, a yellow one at 21 yards is going to be, or excuse me, 21 feet is going to be harder to pick up than a blue one is. So it trains your eyes to pick up different parts of that. And you keep hearing me say, train your eyes, and that's, I think, one of the most important things because when you transition from target to target, your eyes go first, your gun follows. That's correct. That's what we want to train. And for people who have a
0: hard time seeing colors, the different shapes would be good for them, right?
1: The different shapes and having the numbers on your shape.
0: And having the numbers, yeah.
1: Yep, you can have a target with six different shapes on it that all six shapes are different colors, all with a different number. And like you said, even if you're colorblind or you have trouble seeing colors, it gives you still two different options, which would be 12 different targets in any situation to shoot at on a target. Even if you can't see colors, well that bumps it up to 18 different targets on on the same sheet of paper.
0: Mm, Yeah, yeah. And I like earlier what you were saying. Let's say you can't do any holster work. But you you can still drop the gun down to 45-degree angle. That's what we mean we mean when we say low-ready. Load your gun with the run, one round, drop it down to 45 degrees, and then when somebody presses the timer and you hear the beep, you draw the gun up and you fire.
1: Right. And another thing is if you don't have a shot timer and you're at a range with your buddy, yeah. Um, what you can do, obviously you can't be in there yelling because you're going to start scaring people, but you can obviously as your your the shooter spotter you can line up behind them have their gun at low ready and then give them a tap on the shoulder whenever they're ready and on that tap yeah they go
0: yeah this is all good stuff and so far um it sounds like maybe we've only burned up about half a box so far
1: yep that's that you know that's one of the goals is to become the most efficient you can obviously it's fun to go out there and, and blow through a thousand rounds or it used to be a lot more fun when it wasn't so expensive. Yeah. We all like doing that. And we can obviously train very effectively that way. But as you said, the, the general public doesn't have the money to spend on a thousand rounds of ammo every week or, or whatever. So we want to think of the most efficient ways we can do it with fifty to a hundred rounds. And just using different types of targets. Even in a square a square range, as you said, we want to use different types of targets. We want to shoot at different distances. We want to get used to our stance being the same our draw cycle being the same even if it's we're coming from a low ready you know we're going to come up to chest height push the gun out acquire our sight picture prep our trigger break the trigger find your triggers reset you really want to train those fundamentals and drive them home you don't just want to go to the range and just you know you want to have be able to take a picture and post your target on instagram so your buddies your buddies (laughs) can see you punched out the x you know matt what do you think of this um
0: You can also do a lot of this stuff dry fire at home.
1: Absolutely, and you can do it without any training assistance. Or there's there's a ton of different uh, options for dry fire um, systems out there. I have I personally have a Mantis Mantis X Laser Academy. Oh, that's nice, and I love it. And uh, you know that's one hundred and fifty dollars, but in the long run, that's not that much money. You're not spending any money on ammo. Nope. You can set it up right in your garage, your yard, somewhere safe that, you know, even we want to keep our, our unloaded firearm and treat it just as if it's loaded, one of the firearm rules. Uh, so we obviously want to have that in a safe place. But $150, that's 11 12 bucks a month if you say you're going to pay for a range fee. But you can do it all in the comfort of your own home, and you can do it 1500 times a night if you want to yeah, and i'd like to make a suggestion
0: even if you don't want to put out the 150 to buy something like a mantis x uh wherever your safe place is at home you can practice your draws because there's nobody that's there saying you can't draw your gun you can practice your draws you can practice getting your sight picture you can put up different colored targets so you can see what it's like and how about this, Matt? What about people with red dots? Do you think when they practice like this, red or green dots? You think they might have a little advantage?
1: Well, that all depends on that all depends person to person. I know a lot of people have astigmatism. Um, some of the red dots can be challenging to pick up. You know, it kind of messes mm-hmm. with the reticle. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, if you are going to carry a gun with a red dot, make sure you practice with it. The site acquisition is a little bit different than your standard site picture is.
0: It is. Uh, We
1: want to make sure that the gun that we're going to carry is just as comfortable as putting our wallet in our pocket. We want to make sure we know how to use it. We want to make sure that we have it on us. Uh Um, But like you said, you don't need to go out and spend a bunch of money on a laser academy. There's a bunch of stuff you can do from at home. You can come from a a holster and you can uh, acquire different sites, tape paper plates on your wall. Um, What I like to do is... You can take a spent shell casing, set it on top of your slide, and practice trigger work and make sure that that shell casing doesn't fall off your slide as you're, you're prepping your trigger, you're breaking your trigger, and you're, and you're letting it reset. Obviously, you can't reset without a round, but um,
0: that's that, an make excellent. sure you
1: keep the gun steady. That's an excellent
0: drill. Um, I've always explained to people, draw your gun, put it on target, get your sights aligned, and when you press that trigger don't let the sights move. Yep. Just don't let it move. It's as simple as that you know some instructors try to explain oh you know do this grip and this kind of pressure on the trigger and blah 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 just press the trigger and and if the sight moves you're doing something wrong. Practice it again. Practice pressing and breaking that trigger and don't let the sights move.
1: And what do you think another of another good thing you can do? Yep, that's I completely agree with that. That's the same thing as you know putting the spent shell casing on top of your firearm. Yeah. But another good thing you can do is you can buy a bore sight pretty cheap. Yes. Uh, for a nine millimeter. Yes. Uh, probably on Amazon for eight to fifteen dollars. What you can do is set your camera phone up looking at the wall that you're aiming at. Mm-hmm. Put your bore sight into your firearm and do trigger work that way, and then you can go back on your camera phone and you can look at and see when you press the trigger, which way did that laser move. If the laser didn't move, great. If it moved a little bit to the left, you're reaching in too far, whatever, you can see what you're doing wrong. There's all those charts online that can show why your gun went, what direction it did, Yeah, and you can really work on what your fundamentals are that way as well.
0: Yeah. So when you go to the range with a limited amount of ammo, do you have like – Six or seven or eight magazines with only like a round or two in each one
1: Nope, I usually bring so a lot of the times if I'm it all depends on what I'm using Because all there's times I'll go to the range and I'll practice with my defensive like my competition style Glock 45 That's all done up. But most of the time obviously I'm training with what I carry and so I will have my my appendix rig which holds my firearm and a spare magazine And that's all I'll bring with me. And the first thing I do when I get there is empty out all my carry ammo, obviously. And then I'll load two rounds into my magazine that's in the firearm, and I'll load two rounds into the magazine that I have spare. Whether I use that for every drill um, or not, it's there. But we do two rounds at a time. If we do a reload, it's two rounds. Mm -hmm. We'll go look at the targets, discuss what we did, discuss what we need to do differently. And it's great to have a partner. If you can find yourself someone that goes to the range with you, Yeah, Um, on a consistent basis, you guys can really feed off of each other and you can really feed back into what you're doing at the range. And that is also an efficient way of giving feedback and also not burning through all kinds of ammo while you're at the range and you're still being constructive and efficient and you're still learning.
0: This is great stuff. One last topic I'd like you to touch on and then we got to go. And that is um, when you're practicing your your techniques and, and your live firing what do, how do you measure your how do you measure your success
1: my success how i measure it is if i can consistently come from my draw in my my goal with the shot timer is two rounds on target on target being a defensive target so anywhere in center of mass i could have one be up near the left shoulder and one be down at the right side of the torso obviously that's not ideal i'm not hitting vital organs at that point but my success is two rounds center of mass under two seconds um and then back into the holster and
0: under two seconds okay
1: under two seconds is what i go for i personally average. Right around coming from appendix carry, putting two rounds on target in a lethal area. My my average is about one point five.
0: Wow, and that's I'm pretty really good. Hard to
1: bring that down.
0: That's pretty good. So, yeah. How do you also feel? I guess I guess there is one more question I want to ask. How do you feel about practicing with your concealed carry ammo if you can afford it?
1: So I always make sure that I, whenever I buy concealed carry ammo, I buy two boxes. Um, obviously they're usually 20 rounds per box. You're not getting 50 rounds like you usually do. And I will, well, depending on my magazine capacity, if one box will suffice for two different magazines, I'll buy two boxes. If not, I'll buy three. And I always try to run and I do the same thing. I'm not just going to load a magazine and pull the trigger 20 times. and Okay. That worked. I'm going to do it, put four rounds in. Do a couple drills, four rounds in, a couple drills, four rounds in, a couple drills. Mm -hmm. Really get the gun to cycle that ammo, make sure it cycles, and then I can feel safe and comfortable, make that that's in my firearm in a time of need. It's going to run in my gun. It's going to do what it needs to do.
0: Yeah, very great stuff here. I would also throw in that you can buy a 50-round box of Federal HST 124 grain, and Usually you can find that stuff for under forty dollars a box, of fifty. And that's
1: some of the, and I personally believe that that's some of the best stuff that you can feed in your gun. Yeah, it is. HMTs are some of my favorite carry ammo.
0: And I'm like you, Matt. I buy two or three boxes at a time of that, and I am a believer in practicing with your concealed carry ammo. If you can afford it, I understand that that is highly expensive, um, but I would say you need to do some of that, don't you?
1: Absolutely. It's expensive, but is it worth uh, making sure that you know in a time of need when your life is on the line that it's going gonna, it's gonna to run? I think everybody, everybody I know personally can afford an extra $25 to make sure that if it comes down to it, they're going to be the one that walks away with the same amount of holes in them that they came with.
0: Yeah, very good point. And not only that, not only do you want to make sure it works in your gun, because you want to make sure that it works in your gun, but in addition, that concealed carry ammo that stuff shoots differently than range practice ammo the recoil is a lot different and there's a lot of there's a lot of differences in how you how you handle those shots
1: right and a lot of people well i shouldn't say a lot of people there's people that don't know that um specifically for we'll use nine millimeter for example because that's what both you and i carry um You have a multitude of different grains of ammo, 115, 124, 147 are the most popular. Uh Some of my carry ammo that I have in my nine is 108 grain. So all those different uh, bullet weights are going to act differently in your gun and make sure that what you practice with is as close to the same weight as you can possibly get in your carry ammo. That's going to help keep all of that stuff close to the same when it comes as far as recoil, getting back on target, um, and how your gun performs when it's shooting the ammo. I'm
0: v- <clears throat> I'm very glad you said that because my favorite carry around, I've mentioned it even in last week's episode, is the Federal 124 grain. By the way, I like the, H- the HST standard pressure. I like shooting that better than the plus P. And all the ballistic tests, I'm getting kind of into the weeds here, but all the tests that I have seen people do, There's not a lot of difference between the plus P and the standard loads of that round.
1: That and a lot of guns aren't made to shoot plus P ammo. So definitely have to make sure that whatever you choose, it's rated for your gun. You're not accidentally buying plus P if it's not going to run or plus P plus or whatever. Right. Um, Obviously, then we could end up in a dangerous situation. So standard velocity is going to do what you need it to do. Yeah. And if you're unfamiliar with that, obviously yeah. ask the clerk at the gun store, yeah. but make sure that um, you're getting something that your gun can handle.
0: Well, it says it right on the box. And so this morning, <clears throat> this morning I went to a competition match, and I have the box right in front of me. I practiced with 9mm, 124 grain, Federal, American Eagle, uh, full metal jacket ammo. It's as close to the carry ammo as I can find
1: and that's what we want to do. We want to stay we want to keep everything consistent in our training as far as the ammo that we use.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh we want to just repetitive motion really build it into our you know they call it muscle memory, but it's actually neural pathways because your muscles don't have memory. We really want to actually solidify what our body's going to do when our mind can't tell it what to do anymore.
0: Yeah. Excellent stuff, Matt. I want to give you some advertising. You have mitten state firearms in Michigan. Uh, Tell people what Minton State Firearms does.
1: So I am the owner and obviously the instructor at Minton State Firearms and Training, LLC. I am a CPL instructor. Uh, The specific course I teach is called CCHDF, which is Concealed Carry and Home Defense Fundamentals. I am also a Countering the Mass Shooter Threat instructor, as well as a Woman's Handgun and Self-Defense Fundamentals instructor. So our goal is to put as many responsibly armed citizens as we can out there. And I say responsibly armed because we're not just trying to push people through with their certificate and put money in our pocket. The goal is that everybody retains all of the information that we give them in whatever class that they're taking and they are responsible with their firearms and they are comfortable with their firearms and they are safe. We also offer a beginner pistol course. A pistol one course and i'm working right now on writing cu- curriculum for a dsf defensive shooting fundamentals course for pistol wow I do not, i do not do anything for carbines yet but that is in the future but our goal is to um as a matter of fact almost every single person i've had leave my cpl class has wanted to sign up or has signed up for further training with me and mitten state firearms and training so that's what we try to do is We really want to give people a positive experience with firearm because there's a lot of people who haven't had that or they just have no experience with the firearm and we want them to walk out of there feeling comfortable, feeling great, um, thinking that it was fun, building that positive memory in their head so they want to continue. And when the time comes, they have the right tools to protect themselves, their family, and anyone who may need it. Great. And if there's people
0: in Michigan or want to travel to Michigan, where can they find Mitten State Firearms online?
1: We are on Facebook at Mitten State Firearms and Training, LLC. I'm on Instagram at Mitten State Firearms. And uh, we that's the, about the only two platforms we're on right now. And uh, you can also find me on the USCCA's website if you search instructors near Bay City, Bay City, Michigan, that is, mm-hmm. and you will find me on there as well as my slew of five-star reviews that you can read through to make sure that you're choosing the right company for your training.
0: Makes me want to go to Michigan.
1: Come on up. <laughs> well, we're getting some pretty heavy snow right now. Yeah. Remind you, remind you back being in Wisconsin. so.
0: Well, uh, like even though I'm a Wisconsin Badger fan, I could probably tolerate it for a little while going to Michigan just to be able to learn how to shoot better.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Give you a reason to come up here. Yeah.
0: Um, great. Matt, I appreciate it very much. Thank you once again for your time. I've got to figure out a way to pay you back, but I, I hope that more people learn about your, your training school.
1: I appreciate it, Bob, and I always love being on the show. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Matt, thank you so much. I always say this about every guest, that they donate their time. And I can't give them their time back. So show them some appreciation, especially those of you in Michigan. If you need to get your CPL license or just take a good defensive handgun class, check out Matt Krawczyk's Mitten State Firearms. Check them out on Facebook. I'll put a link. Find out when their classes are and go there. This was very informative. I learned a lot from it and I hope you did too. I'd like to get your feedback. You can email me handgunworld at gmail.com. You can call in a voicemail. Like I said, I got three or four lined up that I'll be answering in a couple of weeks. 210 646 1727. Folks, please support me on Patreon. Shop through my Amazon store, for example. Go through, go to handgunworld.com first. And then, click one of the products in my Amazon store. You don't have to buy that product. But at least enter your account by going through Handgun World first. That helps me out. More importantly, on Patreon, there are a lot of good podcasts and videos that I got on there. You can support me for as little as $3 a month. Patreon.com slash Handgun World. You can support also me and Ben Branham if you want to become a Shooters Club member. I counted it up and we've got almost 90 episodes of both videos and audio podcasts at the Shooters Club, ShootersClubMembers.com. Without any sponsors, in order for me to be able to keep doing these shows, bring you these interviews and things, I really need your support. That's it, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Have a real good day. Remember... Shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day, and I'll talk to you again in two weeks. Goodbye.